Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Well, hello everyone. I'm going to share God's Word today. And i um, really excited about this message because it's something I actually, have, I don't think I've ever touched on this message before. Um, I mean, not, not the whole message on this particular subject. I, I, we all touched on this message, I'm sure, as um, preachers, anyone that shares the Word of God will always touch on this. But I, I've never really looked at the, this subject in its entirety and thought to share a whole message on it. But I want to speak on the power of the free will, the power of the free will of mankind. Right. So we're talking about mankind. We're talking about obviously a human being. But remember that a mankind is made in the image and the likeness of God. Okay. So just remember that as we're speaking about the free will and we're speaking about the fact that if God made us in his image and in his likeness to make us like God in his image and in his likeness and his nature, he had to give us a free will because God has a free will. So he had to give us a free will. He couldn't make us without a free will or else he wouldn't make us in his image and in his likeness. But I want to speak about the power of the free will, the power of the human will, just the will of man or the will of a woman. Talk about our, our, the decision, the ability to be free, the ability to make a decision, the ability to think for ourselves, to take on our own thoughts. And so um, if you want to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, and Father, I just thank you that you would give us an understanding heart, spiritual ears to hear what you are actually saying, to pick up your heart in this word. And, um, and Lord, I ask you also help me to deliver it in humility, deliver it in the clarity and the simplicity, yet the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it reads in the word, And the very God of peace sanctify you, that means set you apart wholly and completely. Paul the Apostle is writing here in Thessalonian, uh, to the Thessalonians and said, the very God of peace set you apart completely. And I pray God, your whole spirit, your whole soul and your whole body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see here that Paul explains the makeup of human beings, the, the, your whole spirit, your soul, and your body. The word spirit is a word that we get from um, in the Hebrew, and even it, it speaks of the breath of God, the breath, basically the wind of the breath. That speaks of the spirit. But your spirit man is made in the image and likeness of God. If my spirit got out, came out of my body, and if your spirit came out of your body, it would stand there. And if you could see your spirit with spiritual eyes, it would look like Leo. It would look like a complete person, a spirit is not a, a mist or a smoke or you know a puff of smoke. It's a human. You, you, know, you look like Leo, but in the spirit realm, right? And so we have a spirit. We have a soul. The the, the soul is what we talk about where we do our thinking, our, the will, the emotion, and our reasoning is in the soul. Now thinking and emotions, feelings, and decision making. The will, right? It is housed there in the soul. But you've got to remember, they're all interconnected. It's almost like this is where the, the, the and the soul is housed in the brain. And, and, and the brain is uh, what, where all the data is being um, 
calculated and decisions have been made from the knowledge that you have, whether it's the knowledge of God or the fallen knowledge of, human, of, of the fallen world, having lies. So you, you, either, you either have lies in your mind or you have truth, okay? And, and your mind, depending on how renewed it is, will determine the decisions you'll make. Following me so far, I, I do believe, just as we move forward, I do believe that a spirit man thinks. I believe, I believe it has thought, it can think for himself, the th spirit can think, and the spirit has a will. How do I know that? Because um, Jesus said in Matthew 26, verse 41, remember when he, he says, pray so that you would not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So what's he saying? That the spirit man, because we're made in the image of God, we're made in the likeness of God, likeness of God, the spirit man is willing to pray. The spirit man wants to draw near to God. Your spirit being, the, the real you inside of you, wants to draw near to God. Actually, we hunger for God. We naturally hunger for God. When we are born again, we are born again into His spirit. We're born again into His nature. We're new creations. My, death, my spirit that was dead is now resurrected, made alive. Christ lives in there. Christ has resurrected my dead spirit and my spirit and your spirit yearns for God. It longs for God. It longs to be in God's presence. It desires God. So that's, that's the desire of the spirit. It wants God. It has a will to go for God. But my flesh is weak. My flesh, unless I teach my flesh what to do, it wants to bring comfort to itself. It wants to feed its own flesh. It wants to do what the flesh wants. Now, flesh is a word that we have in the Greek called sarx. And, and, and so it, it's, it doesn't say sinful nature in the, in the original. It just says sarx. It speaks of the physical. And, and we know now that the spirit has a will and the flesh has a will. And we can see even in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it starts, But I say, walk, in, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Now, Paul teaches this really clearly. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit sets its desires against the flesh. In other words, it says, For these are opposite or contrary to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. In other words, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what he ends up teaching. Yes, so if you stay in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But remember, he says that the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit. So your flesh has desires that go against the Spirit. Now, it's not talking about the Spirit of the living God. We're not talking about the Holy Spirit here. Because why, why is Paul teaching the flesh has desires against the Holy Spirit? No, it's talking about your human spirit. Your flesh desires differently contrary to the hum, your human spirit that desires God. And your spirit is also desiring things, will, has a will, has a desire, contrary to what your flesh wants. There's a wall. Your spirit wants God. Your flesh wants to be pleased. It wants to comfort. It wants to sleep. It wants to eat. It wants to sin. You know, your flesh, if you let it, uh, it wants to go there. Now, when Jesus said, Pray so that you will not fall into temptation. That's when he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So depending on your mind, depending on how renewed your thinking is, how renewed to the word of God your mind is. So 
if you have been in the Word, let's say recently you're in the Word, you've been in prayer, you've been in the presence of God, you've been seeking God, so your mind has been influenced by the Word, it's got nourishment and minerals and vitamins, spiritually speaking, in the Word and in your mind. So when um, your spirit is saying, come on, let's pray, and your flesh saying, no, I'm really, really tired, we should go to sleep. Because uh, if you don't go to sleep now, you're going to be tired tomorrow. Your flesh is crying that out. Come, let's just go to bed now. And your spirit's saying, no, let's pray to God. Now, if your mind's renewed and being influenced because you've been in the Word, your mind, might, your mind might go, no, let's pray because I want to draw near to God. Because I want to seek Him, right? So that means when you make a decision, you've leaned into God. But, but if your flesh, if you haven't been renewing your mind, and if you haven't been in the Word, and if you've sort of been distracted and you haven't fed yourself in the Word and you haven't been in God's presence, maybe your flesh is a bit louder and your flesh might say, hey man, I'm just too tired. I want to keep praying. Let's just go to bed. And your spirit saying, no, let's pray. Uh, let's see God. And your flesh says, no, I'm too tired. I'm tired. Just go to bed. If you don't get out of bed now, you're going to get tired. And start to reason out. You'll be tired tomorrow. You've got work tomorrow. And then you go to bed. And so your flesh desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. It, it wars. There's a war, right? But we've got to renew our thinking and your will is really, really powerful. If you look at the fall of man in Genesis, I won't go into the scripture, but you can look at it up. Uh, chapter one, it talks about that we're made in God's image. We're made in God's likeness. Chapter two, we read the story where God said to Adam and Eve, do not touch the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat of all the trees in the garden. They are free to eat. But this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. Now, at one point, um, Eve started to think, oh, the, the fruit looks good. And the devil lied to her. We know that the enemy lied to her and says, did God really say? Maybe if you eat of it, you'll be like God. And so the devil made her question the integrity of God. And what she saw, food for, you know, for the flesh to eat or to be tasty, nice, and, and also uh, pride of life. You know, she thought, I can be like God. And so she said to Adam, let's eat. And Adam didn't question. He should have said no. They both had a free will and they both decided, think about the power of a human will, the, 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 the mankind's will. They both decided to disobey God and their will, their decision to disobey God, separated them from God for all, for, and, and plunged all of humanity into darkness, plunged all of humanity into spiritual death. I mean, that, just, that thought is the power of the free will. That God had given them a free will. God gave them a free will. And see, our will is not more powerful than God. It's just that God will not override your free will. And so I'm not saying that our will is more stronger than God, it's more powerful than God. But think about this thought that your will and my will can, can hinder Almighty God from influencing my life. Not because I'm more powerful than God, not because you're more powerful. Of course we're not. But God has, in His sovereignty, in His integrity, in His righteousness, in His holiness, in the fact He'll never break His word and He'll never do anything that's untrue to His character. He made us in His image and made us in His likeness. And that is also meaning we have a free will. And God will never override our will. So if I don't desire God, if I don't make a decision for God, guess what? God's not going to force Himself on me. God's not going to override us. I mean, when you look at some of these realities in the Bible, um, think about the thought that you, your will, can hinder God. 
your will, I'll show you in James, just in case you don't believe me that it's in the Word, because it's all over the Bible. Actually, the more you think about this, the more that it's throughout the whole Bible, that God honors your free will, and you have so much authority in the freedom of choice. Look at this in James chapter 4, in verse, pick it up from verse 7, Submit therefore to God. Who's he talking to? Who's James talking to? To the believer. He's talking to you. He's saying, submit therefore to God. You submit to God. So the first act is submission to God. That's an act of my will. I have to decide to do that. That doesn't happen automatically. God won't force me to submit myself to God. But when you realize how good God is, and you have revelation knowledge of His nature, you have revelation knowledge of how loving He is, how amazing He is, how beautiful He is, how good He is, it's a beautiful thing to submit to God. You want to submit to God. So, so it, James is saying, submit therefore to God first. Listen to this. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Your will is so powerful that when you make a decision to resist the devil after you've submitted to God, he flees from you. That word flee means he runs away with terror. I don't know if you have an, a picture of that about Satan and his cohorts and all the evil spirits, but no evil spirits has authority over you. And so when you make a decision to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, the demons run. They flee from you. That's the power of your will submitted to God. Because God comes every time a human being submits to God. God comes and, 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 and acts on our will to believe. And our will, when we decide to have faith, when we decide to trust God. Now, I know faith comes by, from Him. I know faith, faith can't come unless God gives it to you. And faith comes by hearing the Word. So when you hear the Word, faith comes. But then you, ultimately, you have to make a decision to believe. When you submit and believe that, and you resist the devil, again, you have to make a decision to resist him. When you resist him, he flees. That's pretty powerful. Again, let me just talk to you a little bit about the power of a free will. Think of the angels that are created in magnificent perfection and beautiful in awesomeness in glory. Lucifer uh, was a magnificent angel. They said he had, he had pipes and instruments in his wings and in his being that he could worship God. And, he, and then you have Michael the archangel and Gabriel. And, and, and then somehow Lucifer had a thought because he had a free will. He had a thought, I could be like the Most High God. I could be greater than God. I want to exalt myself higher than Him. That thought was a freedom of choice. And he made a decision and he fell from glory. And, and, he, and he convinced a third of the angels. So a third of the angels decided to, with their free will, to rebel and leave the presence of Almighty God, the glory of God. So think about that. That's the power of a free will. The angels fell from their heavenly estate, their magnificent glory that they were in. The freedom of choice, the free will is powerful that God didn't override the angels' will. And those angels fell and, and, and became demons and have fallen angels here on this earth. And a lot of them, they're chained up in everlasting chains of darkness. And eventually, at the end of the, at the, end of the times, when Jesus comes back, they will be chained forever. And, and those angels will go to the lake of fire. And so think about this thought too. The freedom of your choice, the freedom of my choice. We have a freedom of choice together, that you can say no to God. Again, think about the thought that God's almighty, all-powerful, all-loving, all-merciful. He's all-powerful. He could force himself on you, but he chooses not to because he would never break his word. He never overrides your will. So your will can say no to God. But your will can also say no to the free gift of salvation in Jesus. 
So if you hear the gospel, which is good news, people have heard the gospel, the good news of what Jesus did on the cross, that God sent His Son for a virgin birth, live a perfect life without any sin, die on, the de- die on that death of that cross, the cruel death of that cross, be, be crucified for us, pay our penalty, become sin for us. I believe that Jesus suffered in our place, took on our sin and death and separation from God, so that anyone who believes in what God the Father did in Christ can have salvation. But you have a free will. So if you have a free will and you, go, you hear the good news and you don't choose to believe, and you go, no, I don't believe that. I don't think God's that merciful. I don't think that God will forgive me. And you, you choose not to believe. You reject your only way of salvation. You reject your only gift of salvation. And guess what? Your decision, your free will, has just sent yourself, not God sent you to hell, you have sent yourself to hell. For all eternity. So your free will, my free will, actually um, determines our destiny. By the choices we make, we choose our destiny. We are living by the choices we make, decisions we make, the words we speak. We actually create, because God gives us a free will, the destiny we're going to follow. So that's pretty powerful. And the power of a human will. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. And... Uh, you know, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible. If you find in Colossians chapter 3, Colossians 3 verse 10, there's just so many scriptures in the Bible. Let me show you something. Verse 10, and it says, talking about, basically, there's a lot of scripture in the Bible in the New Testament that tells you, you put off the deeds of the body. You put off the deeds of the flesh. You yield your members to righteousness. It just constantly tells us that you are to do it, right? And look what it says. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, that's verse 9, and have put on the new self. Who's put on the new self? You have. Who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which is no distinctions between Greek and Jews, circumcision and uncircumcision. Verse 12, so, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on the heart of compassion. Actually, I wanted to read it a bit earlier. Verse 6, I should have read it from. Let me read it from verse 6. That's the end part of that. And verse 6 says, for it is, For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside. But now you put them aside. You put anger aside. You put wrath aside. You put malice aside. You put slander aside. Um, See, God didn't say pray to God to take this away. He says you put it aside. You put abusive speech from your mouth aside. See, see, sometimes... I'll just read it. Do not lie to one another. Who's tell, God is telling you, you do it. You make a decision to put this away. Why? Because of what it does. Ephesians 4 verse 20 says basically the same thing. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught in Him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self. Who's supposed to do that? You are. With your decision, with your free will, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. In other words, the old way of life is being corrupted by the lust of deceit, lusts and desires and believing all the lies. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
So how does, how does it happen? Get into the Word. Let the Word of God renew your thinking. Let the Word of God renew your mind. Start taking on the Word. Take on the revelation of the Word of God. Right? And it says, and put on the new self, new self, the new person, the new man or the new creation, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. When you take the Word in, it's going to change your thinking. You change yourself internally. Therefore, because you've done that, laying aside falsehood. Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down. Do not give the devil any opportunity. He who steals must steal no more. Who's he talking to? He's talking about you do this. He's, he's talking about I should do this. It's uh, Romans chapter, Romans 6, verse 12 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh. So you're not, a, you're not in debt to the flesh, to to live after the flesh, to fulfill its desires. No, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify, that means put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. Again, I want to emphasize, but if you through the Spirit, so you and I should through the Spirit of the living God, through me getting close to God, make a decision to draw near to God, get in His Word, renew my thinking, get the Word to transform my inner thinking, you put to death. By the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit, by the presence of God, by the Word of God that's transforming you from the inside, you make a decision to put to death the deeds of the body. Now, when sometimes I understand, sometimes we can have deep-seated, rooted issues. And depending on our past, depending on our abuse, uh, what, what sort of neglect, rejection, um, you know, lack of love, um, you know, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, all these things that people have grown up under, you might have deep-seated wrong mindsets and so that is causing you to live in a, a habitual sin. And you might say, God, help me get, get out of this, God. Get me out of this, God. And you cry out to God. And I've heard people, sometimes when they are in addiction to sin or pornography or other things like that, they, they're saying, Lord, I've prayed to God and He hasn't taken it away from me. Now, sometimes you have to just press it into God. You've got a decision to press into God, to get into the Word, to get into the Word. It might take some days. It might take some weeks. It might even take some months for some of those things to totally break off. But there's a point where you, your faith will meet God. That's why sometimes some people are totally quickly delivered instantly. They come into the presence of God. Maybe they hear the word, the word for the first time they, and they give their lives. They surrender their will. And because they surrender their will and activate their faith, God sets them free completely. Now, as they grow and mature, you've got to stay strong. And you have to, your, your will, you, you have to realize, okay, the word is Constantly renewing me in, internally, renewing my mind, renewing my thinking, giving me the truth of the Word of God. But my flesh is going to always try to rise up and lead me astray. So my spirit's getting fed, nourished by the Word, and I make a decision to put off the deeds of the body. You and I make decisions to do that. In um, Romans chapter 6, let me just read that. Before was Romans 8 verse 12, if, you, if you're writing notes. What I read in Romans was Romans 8, 12, and 13. But this one is Romans chapter 6, just quickly, verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. Look, it's saying, let me read it in verse 11. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. In other words, the same way Jesus died, was buried, and was resurrected, in the same way, consider yourselves to be dead to sin. Because we also died when we repented. We also got buried in water baptism and we also got raised to life as Jesus was raised to life. That's why it says, even so consider, 
come in agreement in your thinking and even in your decision and in your will. Make a decision that I am dead to sin, but alive to God. So therefore draw near to God because you're alive to God. In Christ, therefore, because you're alive to God, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. So it's saying, because you're alive, don't. In other words, you do not let it reign in your mortal body. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. It's talking about after you're born again, after you become a new creation. You don't let it. It's the power of your will. And I, I believe the power of a human will. That's why sometimes, even hear what I'm saying, sometimes people that are not born again, their will is still powerful. If they make a decision to give up cigarettes, they have the power to give up cigarettes. Now, of course, of course there's different degrees of people's exercise in their will and the different degrees of, you know what I mean, people discipline in their willpower. But we're still talking about the freedom gift that God gave humanity when He made us in His image and in His likeness. That's why sometimes you can make a decision, get set free from something, because you're powerful. You're made in God's image. Now, I believe when we submit to God, God comes and anoints that. When we submit our will to God, He surrender, His presence comes. When you surrender, that's to submit yourself to God, you come into His presence, resist the devil, He flees. So there's this power, there's this connection, there's this surrender to the presence of God. And again, He says, But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under sin. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. He's basically saying, make a decision. You got the, it didn't say, nowhere in these scriptures say, pray to God for Him to take away the sin out of you. Pray to God for Him to, you know, he, it's the fruit of the Spirit. When you're connected to the Spirit of God and you're abiding in Christ, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That's one of the fruits. So He gives you the, the self-control, the patience, perseverance, and faith to make a decision and say, no, that will not happen anymore. You make a decision and God will back that decision. You know, I remember one person once said to me when he first got born again, got saved. It's actually Jim Nostoris. And he said, uh, uh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and everything and, and uh, I still got this cigarette problem. You know, I said, okay, you got the Holy Spirit now. You just make a decision. And he goes, really? And he just did it. He said, wow, he just took my word. And he goes, he just made a decision to give it up. And the Holy Spirit came and, and helped him and bang, it was gone forever. You know? And so I'm just trying to show us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this, verse 12. There is no temptation has overtaken you or I, but such as is common to man. As whatever temptation you face, whatever temptation I face or anyone faces, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. What's that saying? That's saying every time you are tempted, every time I'm tempted, there's always a way out. God, God is faithful to provide a way out. There's a, there's a door of temptation and there's a door to not take it. So that you've got, you have always the ability, always the faithfulness and always the love from God. He always provides a way out. In other words, you cannot say, oh, this is just overcoming me and I just have no power. If you say, I have no power over it, I have no authority, I just can't say no, I just can't do it. That's because you believe that. You have a mindset to believe you, you're under that control. You have a mindset to believe you cannot stop that. And that's what stops you. Do you know, Mark chapter 5, you can read this in your own time, verse 1 to 20 is a story of the demon-possessed man that was living in the tombs. Think about this. 
living in the tombs where all the graves were, taking rocks, ripping himself with the rocks and tearing his flesh with the rocks. And he was out of his mind. They tried to chain him and control him many times. He'd break the chains with supernatural strength, right? And, and I mean, that, he tormented the place. He tormented the whole town. And he was there for many, many years. And he was, he, was, he was demonized to the core. He was demonized, right? And when Jesus came to the shores, the Bible says the demon-possessed man ran. So think about it. All those demons couldn't stop him from running to Jesus. And guess what? When Jesus said, what's your name? The demon said, our name is Legion. What does that mean? The word Legion, you can look it up, is um, a Roman word for six thousand or more sometimes more than that uh, um, army like a, a, a cohort of army right so six thousand soldiers was a legion of soldiers so so we know that this person had more than six thousand demons and you might say oh that's that's exactly well, that's what a legion was that's what the word legion meant six thousand or more and even further than that even if it was thousands Think about this human being made in the image of God who's got all these demons in him. They couldn't stop him when he made a decision to go to Jesus. Those demons wouldn't have wanted to go to Jesus. If in fact, when, the, when, he, when he decided to go to Jesus, I believe he had a free will and he went to Jesus, fell down. And those demons says, what are you to do with us? Are you going to try to torment us before our time? They knew who he was. And they said, if you're going to cast us out, don't cast us out of here. We want to stay here. And so then they said, take us, uh, cast us into the, the pigs. There were over 2,000 pigs nearby. And so Jesus said, yes, go. And so when, that, when he cast them out, think, think about it, thousands upon thousands upon evil spirits, demons came out of this human being made in the image of God. They, they came out of it and went into 2,000 pigs. Those pigs couldn't handle those demons because they all committed suicide. They ran down that steep hill and fell into the water and drowned just shows you the power of the human person, mankind. We're made in God's image and God's likeness. And that, that person had a free will. And he, and he came to Jesus. And Jesus set him free. He was in his right mind instantaneously when those demons came out. I just want to show you the power of the freedom of choice that you and I have. Don't ever underestimate the reality that you can push God away. That you can decide to not have God. You can decide as much of God as you want in your life or as little as God as you want. You know, the Bible says in, um, I'm trying to find where the scripture is, but the Bible says God is not willing that anyone should perish, but that everyone should come to repentance. So think about that for a second. God is not willing that anyone should perish. So God's will is no one perishing, but that all should come to repentance, right? That's the goodness of God. But uh, is everybody coming to repentance? No, because everyone's got a free will. And God just shows you the nature of God's free will. God's free will means He will not override you. And if you don't decide to accept Jesus, you will spend eternity in hell. That's just that's the, that's the freedom of God's will. God is almighty and all-powerful. He doesn't want you to perish. He's not willing that anyone should perish. That's God's will. But God's will doesn't always happen because God's will is sovereign and He allows you to in. His sovereign will, God's sovereign will, He allows you to take your own choice, to have a freedom of choice and a freedom of will. If you decide not to accept Jesus Christ as His loving, beautiful Savior who forgives you of all of your sin, then you're left alone. You have to stand before God by yourself. That is the power of the free will. The prodigal son cried out, 
Remember how he disobeyed God, uh, his father, so and he goes, I want, to, I want my inheritance now. And he took his inheritance and he squandered it. And, and when it got worse came to worse, he's eating pig's food. And he, what does it say? What does it say about this prodigal son when he comes to himself? So he had that a thought to think, you know what? My father's servants have a better off than what I've got. And he thought to himself, I'm going to go back home. He had to make a decision. When he made a decision with his will to go back home, that is when he experienced the father's love, the father's restoration, the father's healing, the father's embrace, the father's inheritance, the father's blessing. He came to himself first. He had a free will. I believe if that prodigal son never decided to go back, he would have stayed in his, the pig's pen. He would have stayed separated from his father. But he had to decide. He had to repent. The word repentance means to make a decision, to change your thinking. And so, the, the, so this prodigal son made a decision, and it's only when he made a decision he came to God. Just think about that power of free will that God gave us. It blows my mind the more I think about it. It really does. It makes me think. You know, um, I went on a long fast uh, last year, and... And, and what does it do? What does a fast do? Fast does not change God. You've got to know anytime you fast, anytime you pray, anytime you seek God, it does not change God's mind about you, intention about you, thoughts about you, His heart towards you. It doesn't change God. But what does it do? You, you don't feed your flesh. You don't feed physical food. Your flesh, your flesh gets weaker. Your flesh gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Your spirit gets stronger because you're spending time in God. You're spending time in His Word. You're spending time in His presence. Your flesh gets so weak until there's no more desires of the flesh. The, the, the flesh, the deeds of the flesh get so quiet that your spirit gets so strong. So what's happening? Why do you draw near to God that way? Because remember, your flesh desires against your spirit and your spirit desires against your flesh. But when you make a decision, it's just a decision to draw near to God. Remember, you can make a decision to draw near to God and then God draws near to you. That's a scripture. That's in James. We read the submission part to God. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil who flee. And he says, draw near to God. Who makes a decision to draw near to God? You and I do. And he will draw near to you. And I found all over the Bible, forgiveness. This is this, Mark 11. But if you do not forgive, Neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Look at that. If you don't make a decision to forgive, Jesus said the Father won't forgive you. So you have to make the decision to forgive first. But how do we make the decision to forgive first? When you understand that God the Father already forgave us in Christ. And then you forgive, and then the Father forgives you of the things you've done against other people. Salvation. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You have to believe. You have to make a decision to believe with the freedom of your choice to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You know, your heart, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You make a decision. I make a decision where my treasure is. I make a decision every day where my, what, what's valuable to me, what's my treasure. And every time I do that, that's where my heart is. It's the power of the free will. It's really powerful. The renewing of the mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do you, how do you, like, do not be conformed to this world. You make a decision not to be conformed to this world. You have a freedom of choice to say, I'm not going to be conformed to this world, but I'm going to be transformed. How? I'm going to be transformed, metamorphosed by the renewing of my mind. I have to make a decision to renew my mind with God's word. I'm going to make a decision to, I don't want to be conformed to the world. I want to be renewing my mind with God's Word. I make a decision to draw near to God. Hardening of your heart. While it is said, Hebrews 3 verse 15. Today, if you hear His voice, 
Harden not your heart as in the provocation. Don't harden your heart. When you hear his voice, you can make a decision to harden your heart. There's a freedom of choice. You can actually allow yourself to harden your heart by disobeying God. And that's a choice. It's a freedom of choice. Jesus ultimately, right at the end, remember, when he was dying for our sins and he's at the garden with Peter, James and John and says, come and pray with me. And he starts to say, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to the point of death. The soul word is the, um, the, breath, uh, the spirit word. It's the word for spirit. It should have been translated, my spirit is sorrowful even to the point of death. I feel the weight of the sin of the world coming on me. And, and he, starts, he starts to pray. And you know his prayer. He says, Father God, if it's possible, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He submitted his will to the Father's will. He didn't want to. His flesh was saying, if there's another way, if, if, this, if, you know, if it's possible. Nevertheless, not my will. There's the submission power. Submit his will to the Father. And the Father... When he took his will, saved all of humanity. He paid a price for redemption for all humanity to be saved. Now, not all humanity is saved because they've got to accept this truth and accept this gospel. But Jesus demonstrated a surrendered will. You want to know the power of a surrendered will? Power of a, man, a human being's will made in the image of God? Jesus is a perfect example. He surrendered his will completely. And he, because he's the son of the living God, he Paid the price for humanity. Now we are free to go before God. So if you have never met Jesus, if you never understood this gospel, I want to, I want to encourage you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have a free will to say yes to Jesus, or you can say no. Where God the Father in His mercy and His grace says, I forgive you of everything you've ever done right, wrong, if you accept Jesus as my, my Savior, the one who sacrificed Himself for your sins. He paid the penalty for your sin. He'll forgive you and give you right standing. Let's pray. Father, I pray for every single person, to accept, those that need to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they'll accept Jesus today. Just repeat after me. Father, I, I, I repent of my sin. I put my faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. I believe that He died on the cross for my sin. I give Him my heart. I give Him my life. I make Him my Lord. Jesus, come into my heart by Your Spirit and change me and transform me. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.